You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast.com and on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. This is the Slow Ride Podcast, a show about bikes, life, and cycling rumors. And gentlemen, I am happy to report I have found my way back deep from the Alabama woods to Gainesville, Florida. My name is Tim Hayes, and I'm joined by... I'm the little guy. I'm not in Alabama. Have you ever been in Alabama? Yeah, once for a couple minutes. I drove from... Uh, New Orleans to Atlanta one time with some people on the back of a Volkswagen Bug with my neck at an angle the whole time because there was so much stuff in there. Were you a hitchhiker? Uh, sort of. I met these people at a hostel and they were going to Atlanta and I said, yeah, I'll go to Atlanta because I wanted to get an auto drive away from Atlanta back to Minneapolis. Long story. Uh, that is, yeah, okay. That yeah. makes sense. Anyway, where are you? Uh, I'm in I'm in beautiful Boston, Massachusetts, where the snow has melted and everyone is so happy, which is really weird for Boston people. Yeah, that's cool. Wow. Cool stuff. Cool cool beans. So anyways, <laughs> you can uh reach us on uh Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod, the Slow Ride Podcast at gmail dot com, also the Slow Ride Podcast dot com. Um lots of big things happening in the world. Obviously Paris Roubaix we're gonna get to today. Um, we're going to get to habits of cycling. Uh, you know, basically, people need a refresher course of what it takes to be a, a good cyclist. Then we're going to talk a little bit about Redlands, lots of other things. But first, guys, I want to just tell you a little bit. I had my first mountain bike race of the year in Alabama, in the Talladega National Forest. Wow, is oh, that's NASCAR? where that's where their car race is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so anyway, I start the race. I'm in decent position. It's a 60 mile kind of out and back you do like 10 miles of single track and then you go out on jeep road country road really and uh, i made it out of the single track probably in about 25th out of like 70 starters and wait uh, a second ago there were 60 now there's 70 every time you you mentioned this is like a good fishing story just like so i got 20 i was in 20 i was in 20th place out of about 80 starters and i got done with the single track Go to the first uh, aid station. Um, mm-hmm. They're playing. They're doing a poker run, and I figure this is going to be the only chance I get to win anything is to just do the cards, and hopefully no one else takes cards, and then and then I then I cash out. Um, so I get my first card, and I'm, I'm riding. I'm on a single speed, so some guys have passed me. Nice long gradual climb, and then I just kept climbing and climbing like you're supposed to. Take my right hand turn, and suddenly. Well, really, like six miles later, I come to a dead-end road, and I go, huh, I must have missed a turn. So I turn back around. I go back six miles. I take another right-hand turn. I'm like, oh, it's just up this way. And then I get to the end of the Talladega National Forest, and I finally get service on my cell phone, and I'm like easily another 12 miles off course. Backtrack oh, all the way. <laughs> the sign that I was supposed to see was ripped down and in the grass with an arrow pointing that way. So some locals for having some fun with me. Story of your life. (laughs) Anyway. um, So I didn't place. I didn't win. But I still got in a really good ride. I mean, I just kept riding. So pretty much, you were pretty much Bradley Wiggins. Yeah. Oh, come on. He at least put an attack. Oh, I attacked. (laughs) I had a really nice... There's no one around to know that you did. Oh, I should have taken the whole shot. Wait, so if a super rookie yeah. attacks in the woods and no one's there, did it really happen? <laughs> so, you attacked anyways. a couple times on that six-mile stretch. It was awesome. You should have seen so it. So have any of you guys raced yet this year? No, didn't think no. so. So anyways, uh, I'm back. So that was good. So anyways, good. Uh, Paris-Roubaix, which means that I yeah. wasn't able to watch it live like you guys. So I had the privilege, Spencer, of mm-hmm. having seasoned commentating pro – 
Matt, the little guy, Alan, give me the play-by-play for the final 8K. It was a beautiful, mm-hmm. beautiful thing. Yeah. Nice. While I was eating a pancake. Yeah. <laughs> I expect nothing less. I uh, Tim started asking for the play-by-play, and then Caitlin walked in the room and handed me some pancakes. And it was great, but it was hard to eat pancakes and do a play-by-play because um, I'm not a professional. But so it was did, a good race. It was a good I, race. I think I, I think I told you about a good race. At, actually, everything I told you was a lie, Tim, and that's not what happened. Um, actually, Sepp Van Mark won just like I predicted. Um, he went mm-hmm. solo early on. Sagan got second, and uh, Demar got third. So interesting, um, interesting. That's the so, truth. So there you go. Your pick was wrong, uh, Tim. Your pick was Kristoff for the win, right? Yes. How did he do? Uh, he, I think he was yeah. in what, like that third group. They're ten, like, like ten, yeah, but he, but he was in the ten. second group. So. That was pretty good. What was my pick? Thirty-one seconds. Uh, probably Florian Senchel from Confidus. He got seventeen. <laughs> No, no, he is not my pick. Well, with this, judging by the snarky look on your face, um, oh, is Bjorn Lukman's in nineteenth from Wanty no, Group? No. Govar. It was Bradley somebody Williams. else. Somebody else. Uh, Greg Van Armer, or was it Cybar? No, no, uh, no. I don't think you picked Hope, Did you? No. Gonna have to go back and listen to that one. Yeah, maybe yeah. I will. Yeah, so, so John right. Degen, John Degenkolb won. I went back yep. and Spencer, I followed your lead. I went to cyclingtorrents.nl. Yep. Um, we talked about that in an early episode. Yeah. Cyclingtorrents.nl. If you want high quality, non-skippable, no pop-ups, this, watching experience, cyclingtorrents.nl. Where you want you to I don't even know what off. a bike race without pop-ups looks like. I mean, <laughs> um, part so, of the experience. Of mm-hmm. course, Degenkolb takes the win in a sprint, a seven-man sprint over Stybar and Greg Van Amerat. Lots of great things going on, but mainly, and little guy, you did a great job of explaining this, was the, the epic... the <laughs> epic, the pancake. Uh, the Burt Debacker being the consummate professional taking Degenkolb across the gap, the GVA and Stybar. Or I'm sorry, GVA and um, the the guy that looks Lampart. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. other Bunnins, other Lampart. So yeah, good stuff. It was, yeah, it was, it he was, was a good teammate. I got to watch it. Uh, you know, he, and he still finished. Debacker still finished twelfth after doing all that work for Degenkolb. Got to say that Lampert, after getting in that move, starting that move with Greg Van Aermont, and then waiting for Stybar, and then pulling for the group, he still finished seventh. So that's a great result for a couple guys that were, you know. Up there, having to work for work for somebody else in the front group. So, mm-hmm. yeah. what did you think of the uh, race, Spencer? Were you able to watch the whole thing? I did. I watched it from uh, <clears throat> about seventy k to go. Uh, I missed I missed the forest of uh, Arenberg because they were way ahead too. of schedule. They were yeah. riding faster than I thought. I got up. Uh, I gave myself a little buffer, but they still beat me. So that was all right. It didn't look to ha- to have as much effect as it uh, sometimes does. So. Do you do you guys feel like it doesn't have like it hasn't had a big effect in the last many years? Like I feel like back in the Hincappy days, cool. It was like yeah. it was like the big thing. Like you, we watched it, and it was always something dramatic would happen. Days the Hincappy days, like two years ago. No, he hasn't been riding. No, like remember not even when he was still riding. Like when Hincappy was like, you actually thought maybe Hincappy had a chance. Like two thousand two, two thousand three, Hincappy. So like two thousand eight, maybe. I don't. know. When was the last time Hincappy finished top ten? When he did, when he didn't sprint that one year. <laughs> no, the one year he had a shot is when he went in the ditch. He had a he had a young. Uh, Upstart oh. uh, domestique towing him along. Um, Tom Boonin, a young man named Tom Boonin, who no one had heard of. And uh, King Cappy went careening into the ditch by himself. And Boonin looked back and was like, Whoop, I just got a ride and uh, crushed you, it. I I think the year that the stem, that is steered to yeah. he was going to win. He was going to He was, he gonna was not going to win that He year. was on some seriously good HGH that year. His ears had grown an inch. And you know, if the ears grow an inch, that means that your watts are up or something. Mm-hmm. That was going to be a good year. What year was that? And was that it? ends today's episode of Science with Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they, actually, they get calipers out on George's ears and they're like, yes, we are giving him the right dose. Yeah. <laughs> I don't so, know what year that was. But anyway, today's race, it was much better than the old races. 
So Twitter was a storm with lots of different things. First off, let's talk about the train crossing. Um, yeah. The, yeah. the high-speed train comes through. We have a the the descending train arms coming down, hitting a rider in the head. Lots of people sneaking through, and then the race jury doesn't even uh, cut anybody out. But you notice Martin Elminger, Elminger, sorry, is there? Yeah. Stopped. He stopped mm-hmm. waiting, and okay. he still got fifth. And yeah, I think it's completely ridiculous that they don't kick these guys out for crossing the arms. I mean, that's a that's a life and death situation. That train is not stopping for anybody. No, it's not. Yeah. Was and, it, how many guys know, had got through before the arms went down? I mean, the break was through, obviously, but was was there ex- were these guys doing it because you know, like Wiggins had gotten through, but Stiver had? It was like had, so the it was back half of the peloton, pretty much. Um, mm. Maybe even the whole peloton, but <laughs> no, so many guys stuck under. It was definitely the back side of the peloton because it was all the Europe car guys. Oh, yeah. But what's crazy <laughs> is that so many of them snuck through. Guys went under. Guys went around. You see Demar there trying yeah. to like get off the tracks before the train comes, and like yeah, and none of them got disqualified. But in 2006, it was pretty similar with the breakaway getting kind of caught, or a chase group getting caught, um, and those guys got DQ'd. You know, and yeah, and well, I mean, so I'm not, not sure. It's well, another. They said it was because the commissioners weren't up there when it happened, so they couldn't. I mean, DQ at that moment, but like the video that I'm seeing. Well, yeah, the video, and obviously in 2006 they didn't get DQ'd at that moment. They raced it out. They waited until the end. Later, yeah. I don't know why they didn't do it. They really should. If if they're gonna, I think they felt that the that the neutralization sort of yeah, uh, that's what they claimed. But but that's such a bullshit reason because yeah, maybe the race is is fair. You know, after they slow whoever down to put the group back together, but it's not about fair; it's about safe, right? Yeah, it's true. It should, it, it should none be. of that stuff was safe. Like if those guys got run over by a damn train, Peru Bay would never happen again. You know what I mean? Like that would have been they, terrible. The French national champ got killed by a train <laughs> by a TGV. <laughs> like oh, yeah, at least well, at least he. At least he'd be on the front page of the newspaper on the Sunday of Paris Roubaix. The French writers would get some press. So here's the, the thing that I didn't understand about that is that in previous years when the trains come, the race organizers had the like race officials or marshals that are on the motorbikes that hold the little sign that goes back and forth, like stopping at the yeah the arms saying, don't come. And yeah. this one, they didn't have that. It was like on the honor system of the riders and the riders were probably looking like, oh, I can beat this. But yeah. it, it, it was it was embarrassing that none of them got DQ'd. They didn't How fast learn does that train go? Isn't it the magnet train? It's like the high speed train. That is the fast train. Yeah, that is. I'm like sure. I'm sure one of our French. I'm sure one of our French listeners will tell us. Yeah, this I'll is one of those things. Like, I never you know, judge, you know how much to believe the commentators on Eurosport, but they said the train had slowed down. You know, because whatever they knew, the race was coming through, stuff like that, but. I mean, even a slow, fast train's going sixty miles an hour or something. Like yeah. it went by pretty quick. Yeah, it's still going pretty fast. Yeah. So right. speaking of uh, Eurosport commentators, we should definitely uh, get to twenty-third um, uh, place finisher Peter Sagan, who um, had lots of issues during the race. The first one being that he actually had to go poop on the side of the road. Um, and it's, it's called the nature, nature break nature, nature break, break yeah. but, uh so he was over there and that was uh, a little awkward um happens i mean you know what though that's that's what the women's race has to deal with like they haven't no, I, solved that problem for them with the clothing with the cycling clothing they need a drop seat short but what, what they really need to what, what i don't understand though is uh you know was it is it that hard to get down to race weight? Like, do you have to wait to the middle of the race? And the cobbles of Paris Roubaix must have really do, been doing a number, like really moving things around. Yeah, that, that can't be comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. If, if you you gotta go, it's it's gonna be trouble. You got six hours in the saddle, bumpy uh, roads. Well, and he caught back up, of course, and then yeah. he's in Chase Group Three, and uh, race announcer, little guy Matt, was telling me that he was hitting his handlebar, like hitting his handlebars. 
Yeah. He had a broken shifter. And he had a broken shifter, throws his bike down on the ground. So we have another bike. Into the bushes. Into Into the the bush. Into a hedge. And uh, it was a violent throw, but a very soft landing. He, it was like he threw it, and then the camera panned over, and the bike had gone like an inch and just landed on a bush. Yeah. So, I so think he it's gets fine. a quick bike change, gets back on, actually catches back up and fin- uh, into his group and finishes in 23rd place. Yeah. So anyways, do you think Peter Sagan had what it took to win the race today? I think he would have been top 10. He, he looked good. He put in an attack. Uh, or two, a couple digs. I think he looked pretty good. Um, he did. The ra- race weight was good. I don't know. I don't know if he would have won because he's talking, but he seemed to be riding with a little more aggression for a while there, which I think is he did. You know, that's kind of what he's what been like lacking. He's been he's been thinking too much and not just yeah. just riding like got, crazy like he used to. He has zero pressure on him. According well, to zero his, pressure. Uh, well, you know the, the weird thing is no one ever has pressure before a big race. It's weird. Um, cause you'd think they would, but I mean, it turns out professional riders never have pressure. Yeah, no, no. Race. You know, who's got all the pressure in those races? The, the teams DS. like, the teams like UHC, like the teams that like, are like, are we ever coming back? I don't know. We better do something cool. That's and, true. Uh, you know, you know I, who is the top know, UHC rider? Oh man. You know, in honor of UHC oh, being in up. there, I chose uh, Danny Summerhill to, for my 16th place contest. Um, didn't go, uh, as, as good as the top UHC rider, I think is in 55th place. Alessandro 55th Bazzana. place. Yep. Um, Whew. that's a ways down anyway, you know, in the future that, you know, they're trying to get that tour entry and one of these days they will get there. Um, yeah. yeah, I had, uh, I had Danny Summerhill, uh, for 16th place and he did not come anywhere close to that. Um, he came in, uh, 127th place, only 25 minutes down. Uh, thanks for uh, working so hard for me, Danny. Um, I do appreciate it. So, guys, <laughs> the 16th place jerk. contest. The 16th place contest has really taken on a life of its own. And so, I think we need to discuss what actually happens with 16th place coming uh, moving forward. I think we need to uh, decide that from now on, the 16th stage of all the grand tours will be a 16th place contest day, and the Ooh. five monuments of cycling. I like it. Wait, uh, aren't there six? Yeah, there's six. <laughs> yeah. So so that would be a total of eight. So, so 16th place on stage 16 of the Giro, of the Vuelta, and of the Tour? Yes. And then Lombardi would be good, um, and elsewhere. So those would be all where we're moving forward. But let's talk about 16th place for Paris-Roubaix. Um, who, who got it? Who got 16th place? Well, that's easy. There's some guy that we've never heard of. <laughs> that no one picked. No and one he... picked him. Um, <clears throat> Argon. Uh, oh, yeah, he's on the uh, Argon, Argon 18, team. The Bora, form... Argon 18 team, yeah. On Andreas Schillinger. See, even I cannot mess up that name. Andreas Schillinger, Schillinger. got 16th place. Uh, congratulations. He is not even on Twitter, so we couldn't even stalk him on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, really? Aren't yeah, Germans and, all on Twitter? And no one like picked him. No one picked no one, him in our contest. No one picked him. Yeah, so then I went to, uh, you know, one spot up and down, 15th and, and 17th for Nikki Tepstra and um, Florian Chenichel, Chenichel, something French. Um, no one picked either of them either. I was kind of surprised. I thought somebody might have picked really? Terpstra. But, uh, yeah. And then uh, going one further out, you got uh, uh uh, Brett uh, Bozak, You know, I, I will say this: when when I checked the spreadsheet, I didn't even check for that guy's name. I was like, "There's no way that anyone even knows that this guy exists." Or, he's uh, a good rider. He is a good sure. rider, but he's a good worker. Yeah. Like, he's, I didn't think he'd yeah. be in the top twenty. And, and then the did, other direction, eighteenth place. Tours. Anyway, I don't yeah. know. He parried, uh, Bradley yeah. Wiggins, and Bradley Wiggins was picked by many. Um, oh, so man. he, he is the official closest, uh, to 16th place finisher that was chosen. Congratulations. Oh, clap. To our so three, three, three listeners. Yeah. So who are these three winners, Spencer? Cause we need to get them their Ixnay, um, shop prize, which is yep. going to be a gift pack from a new sponsor of us based out of Boston, a clothing company. Um, they have mm-hmm. a sweet cat centric cat camo line. 
which is pretty awesome. So, yeah, Camel Line, amongst other things, absolutely. Some donuts, some other stuff. Ixnay so, Shop. Tell um, us who these so, winners are. Yeah, so we have uh, three winners. We have uh, at Eric B. Um, Eric England uh, for, out of Minnesota, actually. Um, All right. He was. Uh, he came in with the first choice of Wiggins. Uh, uh, the oldest choice, you could say. <clears throat> Congratulations, Next, Eric. Okay. Yeah. Next in line, uh, f- uh, at Frank Cundiff. Um, Ooh, Frankie Cundiff. I, I stayed with him. He lives in Richmond, Virginia, um, right off the course. And he took me on the tour of the Richmond, Virginia World, World Championships course. Uh, um, so you're so, saying he had some insider knowledge. Dude, I had... Oh, he's DQ'd. I, DQ'd. All right, well, no, ahead. it's not the World Championship. Frankie, great job, Frankie. <laughs> Proud of you, buddy. Awesome job. Okay, who's the third and, one? And... Uh, Third and final uh, choice uh, for Wiggins was uh, at Meow Clank. Um, oh, nice. He's a great that? friend of the pod. Um, uh, New Zealander um, traveling around uh, Europe, um, possibly in Belgium right now. Kind of Whoa. race super yeah. fan. Always at all the races. International. Wait, yeah. so they're always at the races. They can maybe PayPal us some money to send them the Ixnay package because i had to send a package to <laughs> canada once and that cost a little bit too much i had to fill out a customs form oh it was not wow. exciting. That sounds, sounds really tough yeah. so so ouch. you're saying they need yeah. to paypal us to get their free <laughs> gifts <laughs> that we promised what? oh you know i guess i never thought someone from europe would actually listen to this garbage besides uh, dan craven and uh his mother in uh southern yeah. africa I'm gonna take care of it. I'm gonna. I have some t- some connections there at the Ixnay shop, so I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna get three prize packs sent out. So don't worry about it, Timmy. All right. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Congratulations to our winners. So yeah, good work, guys. And uh, wrapping up, Roubaix, Is there anything else you want to talk about before we make our big announcement for next week's show? Uh, I'm glad we don't have to hear about Bradley Wiggins for a while. What? Seriously? That's that's sad. Dude, that's I wanted sad. him to win. I did kind of want him to win. He I would have, have been, been excited if he'd won, but I'm I was really sick of seeing like memorials of his career and oh Brad's last race. And you know, I don't Brad's you know, I feel, focusing now on the track and I'm getting wow. really disappointed with the stories on the like how tough it is to live life as a Tour de France champion. Yeah. Like like that's I mean, that I'm whole, sure it's like, a lot of pressure. Sure, but then no, there's no pressure. The in the France. Oh, you're like, right. God, ugh, I don't want to care why I keep getting mixed up on that. I should just read the cycling news articles the day before a big race, and I know there's no pressure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're so, right. It's weird. So Bradley Wiggins is gone. I'm excited not to hear about uh, suspension road geometry or frames for another like mm-hmm. five or six years before the technology comes back and is considered to be new. Um, as yeah. we've seen many of these over the years, Lamond uh, featured it. I know Hincapie had it once, and uh, now you've got uh, the Jaguar designed uh, frame that did not work very well, just like a Jaguar. Um, make it. Well, did so, the bikes actually have problems with their suspension, or did they just have like other problems? Well, Luke Rowe actually did pretty well, and Wiggins did fine today. I just yeah, just Luke Rowe like finished top ten. So like a waste. it's a perfect, it's a waste of a perfectly good suspension. So, uh, let's get to our, uh, big announcement next week's episode. Um, and then we'll take a quick break here is going to be featuring former U S pro former U S national Madison champion. Eric Saunders will be coming on the, uh, the pod to talk about his career, where he's at now Ooh. and other things that are going. How would I know? I Who know. is this? What are you talking about? You used Eric to have a Saunders. t-shirt with his face on it. EricSaunders.com. I, I, I made that shirt. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we, so if, this, if there's any listeners out there that have some free moments during the week, what they should do is go find a copy of the movie Pro and watch that. And they will learn all about the inner workings of the, the Philadelphia U.S. Pro race, uh, now the Philly International. Um and they'll get a big long interview with Eric in there, and just see what he's all about. He is a uh, the working man's hero, one of those kind of cyclists you can really get behind. And uh, he's got a lot of opinions, and he's happy to share them with us. And uh, you know, we're going to talk to him, pick his brain. 
It's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to can't wait and very excited for that. I'm just going to ask him about the navigators and how cool it must have been to race against the navigators. Yeah. No, not actually, but I had a navigator's cap, I remember. It's pretty cool. I remember hey. uh yeah, he gave but, me one of his caps uh, when we saw him at a race. I, um, McGuire. I was really excited about it. I still haven't watched it. I'm going to do a shitty one first, and I'll work up to it. This is Eric Saunders. You're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. Ain't no rookies in here. All right, well, we're back. Thanks for listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. Up next, uh, we've got. Hey, some you want to wait, wait, wait? We we haven't even talked. Are we going to do an Amstel Gold preview? And to well, preview yeah. Amstel Gold, we kind of have to talk about tour of the Basque Country at least. Like Amstel Gold Light, that's pretty good, right? It's pretty. I mean, do, you, do you prefer it over the regular Amstel Gold or no? No, unlike Simon Garen's, I will drink the Amstel Gold. Oh. So Amstel is it Gold Garen's is this weekend? who didn't drink is... the Amstel Gold. Yeah, Amstel Gold is next weekend, Super Rookie. It's the first of the Ardenace Classics. It, is it a monument, though? That is the question. Do you know? Is it a monument or is it just it is a classic? Not. So what are the rest of the Ardenes Classics? Uh, there's the Arrow, and then there's Liège. And if so, you win all three, you're as cool as David Revelin or Philip Amst- Gilbert. Amstel Gold, Flesh Wallon, yep. Liège Bastogne. Yeah. yeah. So in Liège Bastogne, Liège is two weeks away, and that yep. mm-hmm. is going to be um, the next 16th place contest. Uh, we'll talk yep. more about that uh, with Eric Saunders. But real quick, little guy, who is going to win Amstel Gold? I'm going to say, I got to say, Rodriguez looks good. I was starting to worry that he didn't race bikes anymore, and then he showed up in the Basque Country and crushed it, won the overall, won a couple stages. Um, but I think. I think Sammy Sanchez is going to come out of old man what? world and crush it. He wrote a good, he wrote a good race, a good sneaky hidden race, finished 13th, uh, just behind his team leader and consummate whiner uh, who's ahead of schedule with his training, TJ Van Garderen in 11th. And so, yeah, Sammy Sanchez, that's my pick. Hey, time out, time out. Someone on Twitter had this good question. Okay. You know, where's TJ Van Garderen complaining about, uh, you know, rider safety when they're ducking underneath the railroad arms as a high-speed train comes down at 200 miles an hour? Seriously. Well, he wasn't there. In his defense, I don't think he has to defend anything that happens everywhere <laughs> in a bike race. I agree. I'm just pointing it out because someone else put it up on Twitter you know what? and I totally agree. And you know what? I went around a corner today and there was sand in that corner. Where's TJ Van Garderen? Huh? <laughs> oh my gosh! Do you know? You he know should have been sweeping be? that corner. It would be great to have t- like uh, TJ always just as our um, guardian angel, just always around when you're riding a bike. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa! Stop here! There's debris in this bike lane. Please go around. <laughs> or you, you just turn around and TJ's like, "Don't worry, I got it." And he's like sweeping and cleaning things you know, up. There has to. We could make an app, guys, for the iPhone. So when you wake up in the morning and if it's below like 20 degrees, you, but you don't need to know, like, and you're up in the morning, you're like, Oh, it's seven. And you're kind of drowsy. You're like, do I need to ride my bike? And then all of a sudden, like you just turn on your phone and then all of a sudden it's TJ's face. It's below 20. It's unsafe. Go back to bed. (laughs) Go back to bed. (laughs) He says, he says, get on the compu trainer with Lance and just do intervals. It's cool. (laughs) No, no, he's going to say, go back to bed. That's what professionals need, sleep. Yeah, lots of sleep. All right, so Amstel Gold, you think Sammy Sanchez is going to win. Is Cunego still racing? He is going to do the Amstel, yes. he's. That's okay, the there's... only one of the three that his uh, team is getting invited to. So this is, next week yeah. is the highlight of his his like season. So he's he better win. bring it. Damiano okay. Cunego is going to win. And he's going to win it for huh? me. The Little Prince. Nice. I don't think that's true. Spencer, who you got? Oh, I haven't paid any attention. Um, anybody but guys Valverde? That go uphill. Anybody you but Valverde? He's probably going to win. No, you know what? Let's let's throw it out there for uh, the world champ. I want to see the world champ win it. That could be. Did you guys watch any of the, the Basque Country? 
No. No. <laughs> like, you didn't watch any? I sent Wait, they get the thing. funny hat. They get the funny hat if they win, right? No. No. <laughs> We've talked about this now. Um, it was good. I watched a couple of the stages. Uh, Sergio Hino or whatever from uh, Sky was destroying it. Oh, Timmy's really bored that I'm talking about bike racing on our bike podcast. He's unbelievably frustrated with us right now. That's the worst. I can't believe I'm talking about bike racing on a bike podcast. I'm sorry. Um, Anyway. viewers or listeners could see the exasperated gestures that Tim's making. Just because he doesn't have any idea what I'm talking about. (laughs) I don't. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Well, you gotta you gotta switch now. So we've been all thinking about these cobbled big dudes. We gotta we gotta switch to the scrawny little dudes because it's all hills from here on out. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's either all gonna be hills. a Cunego. It's gonna be Cunego or anybody on the movie star team. That's all I care about. Uh, I'm pretty sure there's a good shot for anybody on AG2R um, in the next couple. Oh of my weeks god! Too. Did you see how far down Beckencourt finished? He finished like an hour and a half <laughs> okay. down. Take it back. Anybody but GC. him on HG2R has a pretty good shot. Wait, 98th <laughs> place. 98th place on GC. One hour and one minute. This is a guy who two years ago launched an attack on the last climb of Flesh Malone and just like ripped it apart. Yeah. And he finished an hour down on all the guys you'd think he would uh, usually be competing against. But he got a big fat contract and now he can just he eat. He got a big day. fat something. He yeah. got a big fat something. Rest He's going to his- cut down that race weight. By the time the tour starts, so so him and like, is it true? At least it used to be that all the Colombian guys lived together. So like, Sergio and Quintana and Beckencore all lived together in their little Colombian world. How come all those other guys are just rocking it? They're doing awesome, and do they not like like cut him off at the dinner table every night? Maybe, like, what's maybe the deal? they kicked him out of the club. I don't know. Maybe they did. Maybe it's, a, maybe it's a Ponderosa, and he just went when they kicked him out of the table. That he just went right back up to the buffet and started hitting that ice cream machine. It's like I want oh. some gummy bears in my ice cream. I was hoping that this would be the year, but I don't think it's going to be. The year. Hey, did you ever go Can to Ponderosa? Can we make that nickname stick? Can we get Carlos the nickname the Gummy Bear from now on? <laughs> All right, the Gummy Bear. Um, yes, I like that's that. Good. The Gummy Bear. All right, the gummy bear. We're going to be looking for the gummy bear to maybe show himself at the front of the race, but it won't, yeah. it won't, won't happen. Yeah. Did you pick anybody, so, Spencer? Or did you just like div, div, divert the I question? Uh, I diverted. No, okay. I picked, uh, yeah. picked Kiyokoski, um, okay. world champion. All right. All I was right. going to pick Frank Schleck, but I don't think he's racing. <laughs> he's racing. He finished. Is he? he finished. Holy he shit. finished Tour of the Basque Country. All right. Well, maybe he's a good shot. This, this podcast is quickly... With- this podcast is quickly descending into little guy like statistical expert like analysis. Like he's actually knowing what's going on. All I did was We're, look at the races and watch like highlights from like three of the stages. I literally spent I gotta, fifteen you know, minutes. I gotta admit, to the tour of the Basque Country. It's I a good really race. love the Flanders Week, and I really love the tour, and I really love Milan San Remo, and I just you know the Ardennes Week Jira? has never really done it for me. <clears throat> Really? I like the Giro. I really like yeah. it. I do like those races when I see them, but I don't get excited to actually, like, you know, like. Yeah. I understand I that. I don't get as pumped for Amstel. After Roubaix, Amstel is a little, like, eh. But once you start watching it, it's exciting. Yeah. It's a good race. No, I'll, def- I'll watch the race. Um, There's my a lot issue of with road it. furniture in those races, which is There's exciting. a lot of road furniture. Yeah. What's my your issue, issue My issue with the race is that. Um, <laughs> little guy. Tim's really mad that we're interrupting him, but that's what he does to us all the time. That's it. I'm done. All right. Let's move on to <laughs> the next rookie. topic. What are you mad about? You guys keep interrupting me. It's ridiculous. What, what, what really I grinds never your interrupt gears? you. I want to hear what, what grinds your gears. What grinds my gears? Yeah. Nothing. About I don't it. want to talk I about it. I thought you had something to say about Amstel. Amstel. I, I'm, I don't I No. Don't okay. All right, we'll move. Let's move on. We all, we've all, we've all. Why do you guys keep interrupting table? me? Like you know, here I am trying to talk about being an expert. Can you guys hear me? Like yes. talking about being an expert. <laughs> so guys, Amstel Gold um, is coming up, and I'm really excited. It's definitely my favorite race on the calendar. 
Um, I've been watching a lot of, uh, you know, uh, cycling videos and expert analysis, <laughs> and I just can't wait to watch it because it's by far the uh, most important uh, important race out there. It looks like a bowl of spaghetti, and uh, they just constantly go up the same climbs like 15 times. So, yeah, I'm real excited for it. Back to you. I agree. Can't can't agree yeah, with you more. Uh, it's a beautiful Bulls race. Spaghetti. Who's your pick for the win there, Timmy? Uh, my pick for the win is going to be Damiano Cunego, um, the little prince. You know, it is his only race of the classics that he's going to get invited to. So this is pretty much his entire season is built into this race. Um, so real excited for him and uh, his team, his little known team, going to get to come in and, uh, and and play for the victory. Go get him, little prince. They are a little known. How was that? Was that good? I was good because when you when you when you this went is, into your expert voice, you talked a l- just a little bit louder, and that's how we yeah. knew you were an expert because your volume yeah, went up. True. You went from nine to like nine point two. Yeah, and then we knew uh, and, uh, expert. Uh, and then you took things that I said earlier and then repeated them, so that was perfect. <laughs> All right, so um, now everyone dudes. now everyone knows that uh, you know. What differentiates us from the other cycling podcasts out there in the world? The more professional ones, anyway. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just the level of voice, the volume. You know. <laughs> All right, uh, we still have two things we need to discuss, gentlemen. Okay. Uh-oh. First off, Redlands, yeah. or I'm sorry, the Chris Horner Memorial Classic. Um, <laughs> How's he doing? Oh, I, I loved it. Uh, Phil Guyman from. Graduate of the University of Florida from Gainesville, Florida is where he got his start as a Category 5. Phil Guyman takes the win for the Optum Health team. Uh, and then in an interview afterwards, he says, hey, I'm leading the Chris Horner Classic. In reference to a Chris Horner interview that he that Chris Horner gave to Cycling News, in which he said, they should name the race after me because I won it six times. Maybe he said it tongue-in-cheek. Probably did, but... You know, let's just assume the worst and that he didn't say it tongue in cheek. That Horner <laughs> won and then was just like, or that Guyman won the stage and then totally just put it back there. It was awesome. And uh, good job, Phil Guyman. Looks like a fun yeah. time. I can't wait to see them race next weekend at Sea Otter. Little guy, did you watch Redlands? No, I did not watch oh, Redlands. You should have. Yeah, did, did you? you? No. I read no. it. I read oh, it. Good. It only took like four or five minutes. And also, <laughs> I don't know if American. <laughs> I don't know if American <laughs> racing is ever on uh, the, uh, the the television. Television, yeah, no. unless it's like a crit, yeah. unless it's a USA crit. Um, so yeah, California. ah, I forgot yeah. about that race. Yeah, it's kind of easy to do. Okay, well, cool. I'm excited for uh, hearing your Sea Otter report. Hey, didn't Adam Meyerson race this past weekend in Charlotte? Wasn't there a big crit in Charlotte? There was a big crit in Charlotte, and he did race, yeah. So how, yeah. Did, those how did that go? Adam Myerson, friend of the podcast, uh, finished uh, 10th overall in that race um, after leading out his uh, his teammate to uh, third place. So uh, nice. UHC took the other two spots in the podium. I don't know. I didn't look at the results, so I don't know the riders' names. But uh, UHC won two, Estella's in third. Uh, that's about all I know. There was no live feed of it. Um, that much I know, which is strange for one of the big crits. Um, you know, they're, those NCC crits are really good about having live feeds most of the time. So I don't know what was up with that, but I'm glad those, uh, UHC guys got their comeuppance when they went to Europe and yeah. rode Perry Roubaix. <laughs> yeah. Back of the pack suckers. <laughs> <laughs> now you're, I mean, a, yeah, now you're a big fish in a bigger pond you guys are it's worse than Eurocar and top sport and all these other teams we make fun of and then of course uh we would be remiss if we didn't even mention the women's racing that happened this past weekend mara abbott took the win at redlands for the la sweat composite team um i don't know much about that team other than their name is pretty awesome i don't either so when i was in alabama this weekend uh, the guy I was with uh, is from Southern Alabama, and he told people, "Oh, I'm from LA," and they'd be like, "Really?" And he's like, "Lower Alabama." <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's get to the final thing, Spencer. He wanted to talk about habits. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So every every spring, and we're we're well into spring now, all across the country, even in Boston, 
springtime. Um, you know, and I went out on a ride today. I know you guys are going to be shocked to hear this, but I went out on a ride today. And uh, it just got me thinking. How far is the coffee shop? How far was the coffee shop? Do you really need to use the bike? Couldn't you just walk? I mean, I don't know. It's like two, two miles. Um, no. Uh, but I got to thinking while I was riding um, about how every magazine and every website and everything kind of does the, the tips for noobs, you know, like uh, tips for beginners, all that kind of, you know, like here's what to do when you go on your first group ride, like all these kind of things. And um, so and it made me- one of our favorites of Spencer, and this is a great thing and sorry to interrupt. <laughs> no, I'm not. But um, do you guys remember when we read the bicycling magazine tips for new racers, and one of them was like put peppermint oil, and like you could you, you read knew that. that I knew you read that because you were always you always like had peppermint oil. We'd get to a race and you'd be like anybody like, and throw it all over my gloves. Need a little peppermint. Oil. It was like secret tip <laughs> yeah, when you're when yeah. you're suffering, breathe peppermint oil because it opens your nostrils or whatever. Anyways, that was a really good tip. Thanks, like bicycling magazine. Yeah, that's crazy. Anyway, um, so I was thinking, you know, why do they always have these tips for newbies, but they don't have any tips for seasoned riders who, you know, have developed some bad habits? Because I think we all know a few people in our local group rides and stuff that just, just don't, they just have something about them that they're doing wrong, and they're too maybe proud to listen to you say it or they're too something too stubborn to change their ways. Um, so I was thinking, you know, we put it out there generically to everyone just so if anyone's listening, if they do these things, they can say, Oh crap, that's me. Like, cause if you look around the group ride and, and you don't know who the asshole is, it might be you kind of thing. Um, you know, you know, how I've, that, got a ton. I've got a Certainly lot. Certainly not me. It's not I've got, me. I've got a few. I mean, um, it could be me. I don't know. So the first two are cosmetic. That I, that I want to mention. Okay. Clean your okay. freaking bike. The bike should be clean. Oh, like, man. For, you just digging into Spencer on the first one? Like, that's, no, no, that is that's like, cold. Like, that's like, pretty clean brutal. Bike. Like, you don't need to clean it every ride, but like the bike like, should number be... Number two is clean your kit. I mean, I well, know that these are all two, just against Spencer. <laughs> number two is not really clean your kit. Number two is buy a new pair of freaking shorts. Because seriously, there's, <laughs> yeah, too many the times, there's too many times that I see like a established literally local see. riders and you can literally <laughs> see through the shorts when yeah. and it's you know and they've got like a pearl You've never they've had got that a problem pair, have you they've got a pair of pearl azumi shorts from like 1993 <laughs> that they've been rocking and they're like i really the like the chamois so exactly that's just true. no it's not comfortable because it's not comfortable for me to watch so it's, get yeah. those well, out. probably a good rule of thumb is if it's like over two three years old and you're bigger than when you got it you probably shouldn't wear it anymore. Like the stretch, the age, plus the fact that like you've maybe downgraded a few times. Yep. And the would sun probably, fade. Yeah, so, and it's been in the sun. It's yeah. probably so. So not those are my first to two. be behind them. Do we have? Uh, do you guys want to jump in, or should I keep going? Clinchers. <laughs> Who rides those things? Get some Everybody. tubulars. Loser. Oh Jesus! Huh. No, I think I think that you're kind of missing the point a little bit. Those are great, great things. No, for people I've, to think I've got about. another one. I've got another one. I've got more. Sock height. To it. See, no, I'm thinking. Don't, of, don't I'm thinking. Critique. I've got a good one that is going to answer. I'm not thinking. You like, I don't want to get into the rules of sock height and like whatever. But this should, the the old shorts is good. But I'm thinking just regular like things that should be instilled to you from the get go. Like if, if waving. You're gonna... When another cyclist passes you in the other direction. Waving is very Or if important. somebody waves at you, wave back or nod or something. Your interval is not that hard. I know you can nod your head. You know what I mean? And let's face it, you're not doing an interval. But here's another one that, that needs to change. When you're on a group ride and you're going to get in the pace line, announce yourself as coming into the pace line. Like, hey, one more. Or before you get in the pace line. How about you look to see what the pace line is doing so you can see which way they're pulling off or how long the pulls are because that's yep. ridiculous too. Yep. Yeah, and the, and the veterans think they know this stuff and they'll mess it up a lot. And it's, you know, you're like, oh, you've been riding for 10, 20 years. You should know this. I don't want to be the guy to tell you you're pulling off the front of the thing the wrong direction. Like the wind is coming from the left. You pull off to the left. You know what I mean? Like. 
that's how a pace line works. Like it doesn't, it's not always going clockwise or always going counterclockwise. There's, there's a reason you go one direction or the other, do it right. You know, I thought it depended on if you're going East or West. (laughs) All right. Other tip. If you're going to go on a group ride with friends, it might be or your teammate and the group ride, (laughs) the group, the established group ride is eight o'clock, 8 a.m. The ride leaves no later than 810. It's like you get a ten minute you get a ten minute window. That's it. So the ride leaves at eight ten. You got ten minutes. That is really tight. (laughs) So you know you know me and little guy can't do that. Yeah, that's why I don't want you on the team rides. Half half hour, I'd say after appointed time. I'd say. So you guys and you guys ask. Our listeners are wondering why I would switch off Tim's team like in the middle of a race. Like this is the kind of fascism that can't handle 10 minutes there's, after the posted time well, we have there's, there's nothing wrong Sarah needed the car yes <laughs> and there's nothing more wrong than going on a bike ride and having people show up 15 20 minutes late like it's if it it's says true. eight o'clock the ride leaves at eight ten. that's true it's a good point and i mean at least the first part of the ride should be kind of on a regular route anyway so if you're going to be late you know where to cut it off or how to you know which route they're going so you can chase back on that that's a good a good point for sure Remember the time you chased us all the way to afton because you were so late yeah that was brutal and i got a great workout <laughs> it's probably the best workout you ever got just because you were like running late or something so late. To, hey hey, hey i got another one us. yeah what you don't, got tim don't be that guy oh that's a good one it's you know, specific. don't, don't be that it. guy that always is getting flat tires, that doesn't oh. know how to change a flat tire, doesn't have a tube, doesn't have, doesn't a tube, have tire lever, doesn't have tire levers, doesn't yeah. have cartridges, or maybe has a cartridge but doesn't have the little adapter to use the cartridge. Mm-hmm. Um, That's always you go, funny. I you think. go to the you go to the <laughs> store and then oh I don't have my credit card, oh I don't have my cash. It if it happens once in a while that's okay. Third or fourth time when you're at the coffee shop and everyone needs to spot you five bucks, eh, you're that guy. Yeah. Don't be that guy. They're going to start telling I, you the ride's at 830 when the ride's at 8, you know? <laughs> I got to say, I think it's funny when people have a cartridge but not the little thing. Just get a pump. Just get a pump. <laughs> Luddite. It always works. <laughs> it's true. You don't have to remember two pieces. You just remember one thing. Because the number of times I've seen people be like, oh, I got a cartridge, but I don't have the little tool. Or then there's always – maybe if you're lucky, there's one guy who's like, I didn't bring a cartridge, but I bring the tool. <laughs> Just bring a pump. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a really handy way to put air in something. It's true. Yeah. It's labor intensive though. <laughs> it's true. Well, you're that, certainly not a, out there trying to get a workout. Yeah. No. That's crazy. You're trying to get to the coffee shop. <laughs> All right. Well, those are some good tips for uh, for any level of cyclist to uh, to remember and to uh, put in place if they've uh, you know realized them they've been slipping off into bad habit zone. Um, you know, so keep that stuff in mind, guys, and then we won't have to yell at you on our next group ride. I don't want to do that. Well, you're not coming on the group ride anyway. What? You show up late. That's true. I've been pretty on time. You know what? I went. Uh, Two two weeks ago, almost now, I went on the Tuesday night ride. First one to the spot. So you thought you were late somehow. You were like, my my watch is wrong. My battery must Wait. have died. <laughs> Wait, did the sunlight? Did daylight savings time just end or start? I'm confused. No, I just <laughs> left. I just planned it perfectly, and I left on time. And I got there. I sat down, and then everybody else showed up. It's amazing. Well, Someone's gentlemen, I'll be first. I. Can't wait for next week's episode with Eric Saunders. Everyone should go out and watch the documentary Pro, as Spencer mentioned. They should also watch Amstel Gold and watch Damiano Cunego, uh, Kiwakowski, or Sammy Sanchez take the victory, and we will tell you all that we are the winners. Also, to recap, the next 16th place contest is for Liege-Bastogne-Liege, and then Mm -hmm. we will see it again at the Grand Tours. And finally, the tour of Lombardy. Oh, and the final question. Yes or no? Yes. Will John Degenkolb be the next rider oh. to win the five monuments of cycling? 
Little guy. I don't think he's going to be able to do it. But I, th- I think he can get close, but I don't think he can win the age. Spencer. I think he could. Actually, I think he could. Um, I think he's got the stuff to win Liège, but he'd have to cut some weight first, so he's going to have to win those other ones, uh, Flanders and, and Lombardi first, and then uh, well, win win Liège later in the career. I mean, he's going to have to lose, he's going to have to climb better for Lombardi too. So if he can win Flanders next year, and then mm-hmm. just no no bagels and pretzels for a whole it's winter, it's going to be tough for a German. Yeah, it's going to be tough because I'm pretty sure they only eat pretzels. Yeah. And um, with that, you can always email us at theslowridepodcast at gmail.com. Find us online, theslowridepodcast.com. <laughs> I'd like to thank BK1 of Rhymesayers Entertainment for the music. We bid you adieu. 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 Little guy, I think Tim's still mad at us. <sighs> the Slow Ride Podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod. Here's the problem. I need a car. Okay. And you're an idiot. Okay, that's the second part of the problem. Okay. Um, so, so buy something cool this time. You live in Florida. I told him golf TDI. That's a good idea. He needs something new, you know, because he's Tim. I know I know what you're going to say, but... Pre-94. Within the last five years, preferably still within warranty. <laughs> yeah. You guys don't think I can change oil and, like, replace brakes? No, yeah, I think you could do that. No, I think it's when the ignition coils blow and just weird shit like that that isn't that complicated, well, but is also still complicated. I don't think Tim's ever going to do any of the maintenance himself. I think he should get something like a Maserati. He's an executive now, right? <laughs> it's true. You need an executive car. You know what I think you should actually do? And this is my, my serious but also crazy advice. It's just you buy like a eight to twelve year old S series Mercedes because that is the sweet spot of cheapness and insanity. Like you'll have a giant, crazy cool car that will be better than any car, like normal human car that's been made in the last five years by like leaps and bounds, and it will cost less than a Golf TDI. <laughs> and people will see you roll up, and they'll be like, "Oh my god, that that guy, that guy's rolling." So you're thinking that guy's got a like a Mercedes year old car. No, not I said Mercedes. I did not say BMW. <laughs> you do not want a German Pontiac. That thing will blow up. <laughs> Haven't you? You remember Spencer had one of those explosions. I remember you having a Mercedes and the entire yeah, exhaust. Manifold. I had a '77 <laughs> rusty ass Mercedes. I'm saying buy an eight year old S series. I'm saying buy an eight year old car that cost a hundred thousand dollars eight years ago. For What's like buy one of those for like ten thousand dollars. How does that? How's that in the hierarchy work? S series. There's C's. There's E's. And there's S's, and there's also a bunch of other garbly crap that doesn't make sense within their line. But don't pay attention to that. Just C's. C's are for poor people. E's <laughs> are for rich people. And S's are for the 1%. <laughs>